Welcome to the Opinions on Pickens podcast, the sports show where there are no fouls or flags, only baskets and touchdowns. Here's your host, Alyssa Butterson. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Alyssa Butterson. Welcome to Opinions on Pickens. I brought along a pretty special guest with me today, Jason Cabinda. What's going on, Jason? Thanks for being here today. We really appreciate it. Uh, how you guys doing? I appreciate you having me on the show today. Now, you said you just got done with a fundraiser. What were you up to? I uh, just had a little uh, event out here in Virginia, uh, a little fundraising golf event. So uh, actually ended up running a little bit late. Sorry about that for the interview, but uh, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm able to talk to you guys today. No worries. Are you a good golfer? I actually do. I, I, I'm not ready to call myself good just yet. I just picked it up about three months ago, but I know I'm like... I'm a flip of the coin better than I was when I started three months ago. That's for sure. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. It's a process. Like everything. No else doubt. <laughs> it's definitely a very frustrating, very humbling sport. Um, if you're very competitive, like you're going to suck in the beginning. So like it forces you, like you have to get good. I feel you. <laughs> you said you're in Virginia. Where are you from originally? Uh, I'm actually uh, from Jersey. Grew up in Jersey. Central Jersey by Bridgewater. Nice. And yeah. I'm sure... Football has pretty much played a role in your life for a long time. When did that kind of become something that was you knew was your thing? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I started playing uh, in the fifth grade. I believe it was, yeah, the fifth grade is when I started playing. So I was probably like 10. And then it probably wasn't until going into my 10th grade year of high school, probably when I like really started to take it like super serious where like I knew I could be good at it type, you know, and didn't miss a workout, you know, really started to like dedicate myself to it for real. I was going to my sophomore year and it's really been lifting weights, eating right. Yeah, yeah. What position did you play in high school? Uh, I mostly played offense for that. I didn't really play defense, I played running back. Um, so oh. yeah, like, like to score a lot of touchdowns. I like that. Like that. <laughs> so then what, what brought you to Penn State? Was that somewhere you always kind of were like, I want to go there, or did it take no, not some- necessarily? Um, but I would say, you know, obviously it was a big school and, and they really had all the things that I, I like from an educational standpoint, from a big football stage standpoint. You know, it really just had the best blend of all the things that I was looking for. Um, but, you know, some of the smaller schools, they wanted me to play running back. A lot of the bigger schools wanted to play linebacker. You know, Penn State's obviously linebacker used. So I felt like if I went there, I'd be, I, you know, I'd be prepared the right way and I'd, I'd be put in place to kind of go do big things. And you know, that was the best decision I ever made. What really sold you there? Was it the coach? Was it the team was it the atmosphere yeah you know the atmosphere you know the mantra the you know the blue collar work hard you know like i could tell it wasn't the type of place to be no politics you know all about the team you know it was just reminded me a lot of the kind of high school i went to and just like in terms of values and then obviously it was high when it came to like education and the stuff i was looking for from that standpoint in the business school stuff like that so really just had the best blend to me of, of everything James Franklin, was he your head coach at the time? Yep, that's correct. I was recruited by Billy O.B. And he left going into my first year there, like that offseason of my senior year of high school, I guess you could say. Um, you know, he left. Coach Franklin came in. I forget how long it took. It was like a couple of weeks, maybe 10 days, something like that. Coach Franklin took the job. And um rest was history. He had us all on campus. We came in as recruits. We liked it. He took a lot of guys from Vanderbilt, guys like Trace McSorley and then. And, uh, you know, he, he really solidified us. And, we went there and really changed everything. Talk to us a little bit about his coaching style. Coach Franklin's definitely, um, he's a player's coach, no, no doubt. You know, he's the type of coach where, like, you know, he really cares about you off the field. You know, he's going to um, 
you know, try to make sure that you become the best man you can be, not just the best football player. You know, I think that's what I respect the most about Coach Franklin, but he's demanding. He's very demanding, expects your absolute best, and he brings it out of you. And you can tell just by his energy that that's the kind of dude he is. That's what he brings to the table every single day. So, Love that. Ninth in all-time tackles. Now, you have to have some real memorable games at Penn State. Like, what really sticks out? Oh, no doubt about that. I mean, Ohio State, my junior year, for sure. You know, that was our big. That was like our get over the hump game. You know, that was our, okay, we truly, you know, belong at the top here in the Big Ten. You know, we went on, obviously, to win the Big Ten championship that uh, that year. That was huge against Wisconsin. You know, we were down 28-7 at halftime to come back and win that game. I mean, it was, that year was all about belief. Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, even though we lost, man, that Rose Bowl sticks out. I mean, that was an incredible game. You know, I think a lot of people think of that game as an instant classic, obviously, yeah. And it's a lot. <laughs> and I'm sure even after college, it's a lot. I mean, talk about that transition really from becoming a college athlete to trying to make this a career and turn this into the next level type of thing. I mean, you went from an undrafted free agent to the Raiders. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, not having school, obviously not being a collegiate athlete anymore. You have more time on your hands and just learning how to operate without having the constant schedule and the constant kind of babying, I guess you could say, of like people making sure you're being on top of yourself. You know, when you get to the league, you know, like you're a grown man, you got to do, you know, got, you got to handle your business. Um, so I think just from a standpoint of that, of just having true accountability all the time of the things that you have to do, uh, obviously having more time that you can dedicate to your craft and then, you know, figuring out there's so many more small things, things you can be doing your body, you know, treatment, little things that you can be doing to improve in little ways and, uh, and just utilizing your time right. Those are the biggest things. And at the end of the day, just being in the NFL, knowing that like money is involved, you know, like it's a production based business. You know, at the end of the day, all that matters is do you produce. There's no scholarships. There's no promise. You're on the team. No, none of that. You know, it's just cutthroat as can be. If you're not helping the team, you ain't going to be there. So really just learning how to like, understand that and understand the business aspect of uh, of the game now. Getting that phone call when you're on a practice squad saying you've been called up, what what is that like, especially for the first time? Um, that's a great moment. You know, it's 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 tough uh, doing the practice squad deal, obviously. Putting in the work, you know, being there in practice and then not being able to kind of show out in the games on Sundays, I mean, it's tough. So I think it definitely unlocked like a deeper savage inside of me to be able to come up out of that and, and just made me hungrier, honestly. So uh, I'm thankful for that aspect of my career and kind of those days and trying to crawl back up and make it up out of there. But um, it's a it's a great phone call, obviously. And I think when I got called up, you know, I just tried to make the most of it, you know. And uh, in my rookie year, I was able to do that. You know, my second year, it took a bit longer. But when I you know when my name was called, I made the most of it. And then obviously, you know, last year, I made the team and, and started all year. So that was, that was dope. It is really hard because I think about situations like, and I hate to totally change the subject, but you're right. You have these guys out here on the practice squad working so hard for their moment to be able to show themselves. And especially when you have something like the coronavirus, when you don't have preseason and these guys can't go out and really show their talents. And then yeah. you have someone like Tim Tebow, who just kind of like walks on a team yeah. and it's a little different. It's, it's a lot harder for some of these guys out there to, to shine. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not easy, like you said, and especially with COVID and there's less guys allowed to try out and they can't have as many people in the building. It's more protocol. So it's just like, everything's a lot more difficult. You know, I really feel bad for the class of guys coming in from college. Honestly, we're trying to 
get that chance, especially the undrafted guys, because like it's almost like that opportunity is really barely available unless you have some type of connection or some type of, you know, so it's tough. Talk about a little bit more about the time in COVID, football and COVID. What are just some behind the scenes things that maybe were just a lot rougher that maybe the fans didn't get to witness besides you getting your nose poked every day? Yeah, I mean, obviously just getting used to getting your nose poked every single morning before you start your day I was was one thing. But, um, you know, working out with the mask all the time, you know, just all the extra protocols, a lot of people being in rooms, you know, the tubs, takes more time to get things done, obviously, like, our meeting rooms getting changed at the amount of capacities in certain rooms and stuff like that. It's just like you have less opportunity to truly operate as a team, you know, and then going into training camp, like just for us to be integrated into the building, it took weeks. You know, we had to come in like 10 guys at a time and eventually it became 20 guys, then eventually offense, then defense, and finally team. Like there's a lot of little things, little aspects. A lot of people don't uh, really see that happened through COVID that were kind of tough to deal with. And now this season, Thank goodness. It's a complete 360 total fans back. I mean, it basically is like things are going back to normal. So how important is it to have those fans there? I mean, obviously playing without fans last year was really, really different. Um, (laughs) I love the atmosphere, obviously, like playing with fans again and seeing the excitement of of people. And I'm sure it's going to be at a completely different level this year, being that they weren't here last year. Um, So I'm super excited for that. Super excited to see four field at full capacity again. I know the fans are itching to see us play and itching to see, you know, this new coaching staff and see this new product. And I'm, I'm just itching to get out there. Yeah. And I'm, of course, you know, I'm going to ask, what's it like switching roles and learning offense and the NFL? You said you played a little in high school, but high school is a little different. <laughs> yeah. And, and high school is a, a, a long time ago for me. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I would say, Playing defense before helped me a lot when it came to learning the offense because there were a lot of things, a lot of aspects, things that I had to look for that I was already aware of because I played defense for a while, I mean, especially being that I played linebacker. Um, so that was helpful in that, in that aspect. But um, obviously learning the offense, learning the play calls, you know, learning the lingo and the, and the words, all that kind of stuff is, is, was tough to pick up, um, especially being you know, last year. I kind of got thrusted into that role you know, a couple of weeks into training camp. So you know, here – being this year with a new coaching staff, having to learn a new offense, uh, you know, it's it's great. I think this offense is really featuring the F a lot, you know, so being able to play fullback in this offense, you know, I know that I'm, I'm going to be heavily involved. You know, that's kind of offense that they run, so I'm really just excited for my role and excited to maximize the most of it. Yeah, and if you really think about it, it just kind of makes you a, a double threat. I mean, now right. now you got experience it's- on both sides. No doubt. Now I'm Mr. Versatile. You know, I already told him you need a mercy linebacker. You throw me in there. You already know. They're going to call you. They're going to call you. (laughs) Yes. And something I think about when we talk about this too, is when I see your Instagram, one of the first things that pop up is easily motivated. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I think to me, I've a lot of my life and I I mean, this may sound cliche, you know, typical, but I've, I've, I've been doubted, you know, like being undrafted, you know, going through moments like that. You know, being told maybe that I don't belong, I think that that's been enough for me. Um, so I'm always in a place where I've always played with a chip on my shoulder. I've always had that kind of mentality of uh, wanting to prove myself, you know, prove my people right. So, Yeah. And some of the greatest stories come from undrafted free agents. Let's just to name a few. We have a ton that have been on the show. But Without. I mean, <laughs> even let's the, the Detroit Lions, that's who you're with, correct, right now? Yeah. yeah. What's it like being in a locker room with people like Jared golf and you know, some of these people that have a lot of experience and you can really look up to. Yeah. You know, uh, it's been awesome 
kind of being around back in Detroit now that like we have OTAs and stuff like that and talking to Jared and learning the offense with him and, and kind of, you know, getting a feel for each other from a chemistry standpoint. But it's been good so far. Uh, I just think having the new coaching staff here, I think the energy is so much different. I mean, the energy around the building is just buzzing and there's just a ton of excitement. You know, guys are having fun right now. Guys are flying around. So I can just tell that the energy that the team's going to be coming with this year is just going to be a whole lot different. So we're going to rack up some wins. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so what are, what are some short-term goals for you and, and aspects of football for you right now? Um, you know, I think for me, it's just to establish myself one of the top fullbacks in the league. You know, now that I'm in a place where, like, I know it's where I'm focused on, you know, I know I'm going to the season playing offense. Um, it's just to establish myself uh, as one of the best at the position. Um, that's really my goal right now. <laughs> Obviously, fullback isn't necessarily the type of position that you, you know, fill up the stat sheet, but to be able to have an offense where we're top 10, top five in the league and rushing, you know, that's, a lot of that's going to be on my back. So, no so line. what can the fans look forward to seeing from you guys this year? Just uh, a team full of excitement and energy. You know, it's going to be offense where we throw it over their heads and we're going pound and run the ball. You know, like there's no doubt about that. You know, it's going to be an offense that's multi-dimensional um, and, and a defense that's ready, ready to stop the run and ready to be locked down in the back end. So, I'm sure they're ready to see that. I also wanted to ask about your Instagram. I saw your pictures with AB, you know, Boomin. Talk to us about yeah. how you know him. Um, you know, obviously we were able to play together, you know, over in Oakland uh, for a short stand. But just from that short time that we were together, you know, we really, uh, really clicked back then. I ended up going to train now in Fort Lauderdale. They stays out there. So I went and trained with him for a, a few months and you know, learned a lot from him. So obviously a really hardworking guy as a lot of people know his story. So definitely learned a lot from him. Down in the 954, that's where I'm from. Were you COVID there or were you staying there for yeah, a period I was COVID. Actually, I was standing out. I was standing out in Charlotte and then when COVID kind of hit for the first time in March of last year, I think it was, yeah, March of last year, uh, my gym had shut down. I had nowhere to go. Obviously, gyms were shutting down everywhere. And uh, I hit AB up because I'm still able to train because I think I had a, a private gym, you know, so I just hit him up. I was like, hey, can I come train with you? He's like, man, come on through. Let's get this work. So I literally booked a flight the next day, grabbed myself, and I was out there training for the next like few months. So uh, he really saved me, honestly, when it came to my training that year. I really uh, wasn't sure what I was about to do for a second there. Give us a memorable moment in an NFL game. We haven't talked about that. We talked about college. What's a game that really sticks out to you? Um, a game that really sticks out to me. Good question. Game sticks out to me the most. I think for me, it's actually probably my rookie year, a preseason game. Uh, in my first two games in preseason, I hadn't played like too much, really got much of an opportunity. This third game coming up was against the Packers, and uh, I really had to show out. It was going to be my real like opportunity to get, get a lot of you know meaningful plays in the game. And uh, I think I only played two quarters, really, but it was the most snaps I played, and I snapped. I had like eight, nine tackles in two quarters, and like that was really a, a point in time, you know, during that team to let everybody know, like, nah, like I can play, you know what I'm saying, type. And then I had an even better performance than the preseason game after that. That's kind of really what secured my spot on the practice squad that year. So I played in the preseason. So. Love that. Are there any players that you've looked up to, even as a kid growing up, that are you kind of have always liked? I mean, I definitely, my first fight, like, welcome to the NFL moment, was probably like uh, when I was in Oakland and uh, I had my locker right next to Marshawn's. <laughs> and obviously, I grew up watching Marshawn. That's I lit. Him. <laughs> like my locker really next to like Marsh Marshawn's, and then, like we obviously had a few plays. You know, back when I was playing linebacker, where like I had to come to him head to head in the OTAs. You know, we had 
we didn't have no pads on, but you could tell, like, after we was talking smack to each other, like, yeah, you know what it would have been, you know, like, and I'm like, damn, like, I'm really over here talking shit to Marshawn Lynch, like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I love that. People love hearing that kind of stuff. I do want to switch it a little bit, though. I want to talk some NBA with you. We're right in the middle of the playoffs. Do you have an NBA team? Do you have someone you kind of go for? Um, I don't really have an NBA team, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm more just like a LeBron fan. I mean, I've who's not? Following the Lakers. I've been following the Lakers, honestly. So I'm excited to see them win another title. Well, they Nets, still... we'll oh, you're that confident. Nets. We'll see what the Nets do, though. But I, I think the Lakers going to handle business. Well, game one with the Suns, they kind of laid it on them. I ain't worried about that. And, what's happened ever since, and what happened ever since then? You're right. They're up 2-1 yeah. right now. I'm actually, I, I'm a Miami Heat fan, 9-5-4. So I'm down 3-1. I'm devastated. The Bucks are killing us right now. I know. I don't know what's going on right now with y'all. What do you think about the Knicks right now? They've been doing some really crazy things this season. Do you see yeah, them beating Julius the Hawks? Randall. Julius Randle. I mean, that's ain't much else to say besides Julius Randle. He's really showed out. You know, he, I think he won most improved player this year. Obviously. Don't forget about Derrick Rose. Nah, D-Rose too. D-Rose has really had his moments too. And I'm really happy, honestly, because everybody knows. If D-Rose didn't get injured, he was going to continue to be a massive problem in the league for a minute. So that was unfortunate. But to see him battle back and to be where he's at truly still, like, contributing meaningful nights, game in and game out, like, that's awesome to see and just shows the kind of resilience he has. I do want to get your thoughts on, because even though it's a different sport, I know both of you guys go through the same things. Like the two examples we saw this week where one of the New York's fans actually spit on Trey Young when he was playing. And then the other fan that threw popcorn on Russell Westbrook, I believe it was right after yeah. the game. I right. mean, what are your thoughts on those kind of things? I mean, that's awful. I mean, there's really not much else to say besides that. And I guess the part to me that like blows me the most is like, if this was any other way around, like the player's face would be plastered all over the media. We'd be in. You know, ridiculing him, saying all this stuff about him. Like, that's what they need to start doing to these fans. If they want to be this big, bad, and bold, like, embarrass them. Like, shame them on TV. Like, go put their name all over the media and, and go see them get fired from their jobs or get fined or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, I think if they were to do that more, then fans wouldn't be acting so bold. So no, at the end I... of the day, you're there to enjoy the game. Like, go and enjoy the game. You're not the show. Like, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, Tristan Thompson even chimed in and said, he's lucky it wasn't me because I would have followed him home. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's not cool. Not cool at all. No, it's really not. And these athletes don't come out every day and do all the work they're doing for their cities and their exactly. teams yeah. to be treated like that by fans. No doubt. Um, no doubt. But relating that to football, though, I mean, I'm sure there has to be trolls the same way there for some people, maybe in different ways. But... I like that now athletes have more of a voice and what they say really matters. And that's why I think it's important to do interviews like this for people to really see your side. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, and don't get me wrong, like even when I played in Oakland and we had the black hole, like those Raiders fans, they were ruthless. But like, I feel like even our Raiders fans, like they were ruthless, like in a good way, you know, like at the end of the day, like, you know, he knew it was all love. Um, so I think, I think there's always an appropriate way to show that competitiveness competitiveness as fans and stuff like that. Like even to, you know, the opposing team's players or whatever the case. And that's part of, you know, creating that atmosphere of being hostile, but not to that extent, obviously that we've seen in the, in the past few days. I feel you. And um, tell me your thoughts. Who's going to be in the finals? 
Who do you got? I, mean, I don't see how it's not Lakers Nets, right? I mean, and, that's what everyone's saying, isn't it? The Clippers are looking time, so good. Man, Luca and them are looking pretty. They're looking good. Luca going crazy right now. I can't count Luca out the way he he over there handling business. So we're gonna see what happens. Kawhi and Paul George looking pretty quiet in that corner over yeah, there right about real now. Quiet. Looking real, real quiet. And Luca's over there talking smack after every bucket too. So they need to they need to pull it together. Would this championship for LeBron mean would this mean he really is the best? Man, he already is in my mind. So over Jordan. Else has to say, over Jordan. He's the best to me. Over Jordan. I need you, I need you to confirm this, please. Over Jordan, yes. Over Jordan. Wow. Yes. That was a bold statement. Yes. You're gonna have you might have some DMs from our OOP fam. That's fine. <laughs> I have no issues. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for your time, Jason. We really appreciate you coming through. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Let the people know where they can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. All my social media handles are at Jason Cabinda, C-A-B-I-N-D-A. Appreciate y'all. Yo. Like myself, follow me, all that good stuff. Also got a YouTube channel. Uh, Going to be coming out with a lot of content. So. I've watched some Stay of his tuned. YouTube stuff. Make sure you tune into it. He has some good stuff on there, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. And until next time, I'm your host, Alyssa Butterson. This is Opinions on Pickens. Keep winning. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Opinions on Pickens. Please like and subscribe to us on YouTube and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep winning.